Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours, and from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, Send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. Someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel the Lord. During my last few years of seminary, I had the privilege of serving as a chaplain to the Division I softball team as our seminary was on the campus of Mount St. Mary's. And having come to grips with my role spiritually, I desired to participate to a greater degree in helping the team out. About four years ago this time, I found myself at practice with not much more than a catcher's mitt and a helmet, catching a pitcher for the first time in my life. My adrenaline was pumping as I squatted down, as we were getting ready, watching the ball, I was a little nervous, a little anxious, but I was locked in. And about 20 pitches later, I began to grow a little complacent, and a pitch came in and nicked off the top of my glove and nailed me in the collarbone. And while I was able to kind of get over that pain and it really wasn't that much, I realized that my complacency had begun to affect not just me, but affect others. Because now this freshman pitcher was more concerned about hurting me than she was about focusing on her pitching or focusing on her technique. For her, it was a practice wasted. And you see, my brothers and sisters, that reminder of not growing complacent is seen in all of our readings this weekend, especially in our first reading when Amos criticizes the people of the Northern Kingdom. At this time, one of the most prosperous in their existence, Amos doesn't just warn them, if you do this, then this will happen. He warns them of their impending punishment. You see, they had become complacent in their attitude, comfortable in their luxury, that they were beginning to fail to live as God desired them to live. They improvised to the music of the harp. They devised their own accompaniment, he says. 
In other words, they'd begun to create an alternative reality, putting their own spin even on the prescriptions of the worship of God. And that same temptation is unfortunately true of us today. People saying, I don't go to Mass because I don't get anything out of it, or the Mass needs to change to appeal to people today. But you see, the Mass isn't like a form of entertainment that we can just modify to make us feel good or feel right. Rather, the centuries-old form of worship of our God is an opportunity to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. And if we become complacent in our understanding or our valuing of the Mass, it becomes only an afterthought, something that we don't devote any attention to. It becomes like Lazarus, who sat outside that rich man's door for years and years. And so for us, the rejection of Mass can become a rejection of the importance of everlasting life, of eternal life. Just as the life of luxury and the modification of worship by the people of the Northern Kingdom is what the people were passing on to their children, so too our complacency or our embrace of the Mass will have effects not only on us, but on our children, on the greater community, on the whole body of Christ. We become weaker when a member isn't present worshiping with us. Two weeks ago, my godchild found out that one of her classmates, her family was not going to take them to Mass. And so she reached out to her parents and asked if they could invite her and her siblings, and they did. But this little girl was concerned of what her father would say when he found out that she shared her family wasn't taking them to Mass. And so my godchild, realizing that they wouldn't be able to take her and her siblings, told her mom that she was going to pray. And not only did she say that she was going to pray, but soon she was discovered outside kneeling, praying a rosary for that family. You see, our complacency and our turning away from the treasury of the Mass affects not only us, affects not only our family, but it begins to affect our children's friends, it affects God's family. And so these last three weeks, Luke has provided us this trilogy of parables about squandering the wealth in our midst. Two weeks ago is the story of the prodigal son who squandered his father's wealth. Last week, it was the steward who squandered his master's wealth. And today in the story of the rich man is it is a story about a man who squandered his own wealth. So let us not then become the fourth parable of someone who squanders and wastes away the wealth for eternity available to us in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. But rather, let us take hold of everlasting life, as Paul tells Timothy, that we get a taste of at Mass. You see, I was lucky that it was just a softball that I grew complacent of. But even something that trivial had an effect on others. We grow complacent of the Mass, it may, like the rich man, have eternal consequences. Instead, let us delve deeper into the Mass, growing attentive to the Lord by lifting up our hearts, as the priest says before our Eucharistic prayer, by uniting our entire lives to the hosts of heaven as heaven comes down to earth and we participate in this eternal liturgy. Let us read up on the Mass, looking through the history of its development, recognizing that parts of the Mass date all the way back to even the year 155, there's many of these copies, I think about four floating around on this campus, that are a great resource to learn about what it is that we do at the Mass, the richness of the tradition of the Mass, and the meaning of the symbolism 
and the recognition of the presence of God in the Eucharist. Or maybe we can watch form.org, elements of the Catholic Mass, about 10 to 13 minute segments, maybe one a week, as we desire to learn more and more about what it is we do each and every Sunday. Or finally, and most importantly, maybe we need to just recommit ourselves to the third commandment by making Sunday Mass a priority, something that we are consistent in. Or maybe it's offering a ride to someone who has no way of coming to this sacred liturgy. This is our opportunity to embrace the need to worship God as a community together, to experience heaven on earth and to not squander the gift that we've been given in the Mass, access to Christ, access to eternity on earth.